Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. Hello there, it's Mary Stone on a sunny afternoon. Welcome to the screen porch. It was so chilly this morning, less than 50 degrees, but now we're close to 70. The ups and downs of the gorgeous fall shift. I want to thank those who reached back about last week's episode. A sunflower maze brings happiness. There's a photo of me as a selfie with a sunflower as big as my head. The resemblance between the two subjects in the photo is remarkable. That came from Jonathan Taylor, who I've known from, gosh, my KISS FM radio days, which is way back in my 20s. Hard to imagine. So I wrote back two happy faces. Smile, smile. Two sunflowers. You know, those cute little emojis. Maybe it's the garden hat that made me look like the sunflower face. Not a bad thing. Anyway, there are tired leaves dropping before they change color and yellowing needles on conifers, which always brings a concern. We discussed the conifers and their rates of dropping needles in episode 79, Fall Needle Drop of Renewal, complete with some conifers that go bald each fall, with an analogy of two dear men in my life sitting on a bench as an example of how needle drop relates to our heads. Smiley face. I'll put a link to the story in the show notes. You'll certainly enjoy it. And that brings me to this week's story, a sequel, if you will, about why some trees are evergreen and others lose their leaves, a question that came to me from a friend that starts like this. Hello, fellow listeners and readers. Over the weekend, I enjoyed hiking along the Appalachian Trail with a longtime friend from Booton, New Jersey. While meandering the rocky terrain, peppered with hemlock and spruce, Barbara asked why some trees are evergreen and others are not. Good question. Let's ask the trees. During the growing season, leaves and needles photosynthesize to make food for the plant. Come fall, as daylight shortens, it signals plants to hunker down for winter. Deciduous trees cut off their leaves linked to water and minerals and drop off after only one growing season. Evergreen foliage, despite their name, doesn't live forever. During the fall, older needles die and fall off as well. Depending on the species, pine needles hold their needles from two to five years or more. Spruces generally hold on to their needles for five to seven years. Hence, some evergreen needles fall every autumn. However, the process often goes unnoticed because only the innermost needles are affected, except for the eastern white pine, which is Pinus strobus, who are not shy about disrobing. They hold their needles for only two years and have an open structure and less growth at the tip of their branches to hide the needles as they undress. Back to Barbara's question about why some trees are evergreen. The well-known forester Peter Wallabine writes in The Hidden Life of Trees why certain species live in certain areas, explaining a tree, and I quote, can conquer enormous geographic range, and that's basically what spruce have done. Spruces store essential oils in their needle and bark, which acts like an antifreeze. That's why they don't need to jettison their green finery in winter. As soon as the weather warms up in the spring, they can start photosynthesizing. Not a day is lost, which is unlike deciduous trees, of course, that need to grow new leaves before they can start their job of photosynthesizing. 
hence why evergreens survive even in frigid regions of Siberia and Canada with very short growing seasons. They also have fascinating defense mechanisms to protect them from snow and winds. Spruce trunks are usually straight, keeping them in balance even with heavy loads of snow when branches gradually angle down until they are layered one on top of another like tiles on a roof. Arranged like this, they mutually support each other, Peter Wollobine explains. But folks worry about evergreens toppling in high winds and snow loads. Understandably so, given the rounds of the one, two, three nor'eastern punch a few years back. The thing is, spruce grow slowly for sure-footedness. And, statistically speaking, the danger of being blown over doesn't increase significantly until the trees are more than 80 feet tall. I'm quoting Peter again. I just love that book, by the way, Hidden Life of Trees. If you haven't read it, it should be on your bookshelf because it's something you read, almost like a novel, and you can refer back to it. It's so fascinating. So the question isn't why some trees remain evergreen, it's how. How the miracle of nature's resilience helps species adapt, flourish, and provide respite for others. We have much to learn from trees. Garden dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com I do indeed marvel at how nature has a way of managing things and modifying to adapt. I don't know if you've noticed this, but uh, the Japanese silkgrass is getting deeper rooted and harder to pull out. That's that annual weed that uh, is also called Mary grass, although I take no ownership. <laughs> I'm not sure humans do as well in adapting. Sunday, for instance, while I was getting my podcast, you know, show notes in and the email I send off with a new column post to my fellow lovers of all things green, which is free, by the way. I would love for you to sign up for the free email alerts on askmarystone.com if you're so inclined, and I hope you are. Anyway, my website was down on Sunday morning, and it put me in a tailspin not being able to do it. So what did I do? I decided to take Jolie for a walk amongst nature, because I don't know about you, but being amongst nature is always so healing, isn't it? And there was a furry surprise that I came upon, and I shared that story with my dear singing buddy from hospice, Ken Roberts. I'm going to share bits of that here. Sunday, while waiting for the website to be restored, I walked Jolie, who noticed a baby squirrel on the side of the road. The poor little thing must have fallen out of the nest. Jolie was pulling towards it. What strength she has! The little guy struggled to come to us. Are you my mama? My heart sank, imagining him getting run over. Or in the mouth of Jolie, it's my fuzzy. She wouldn't intend to hurt it, I don't think, but she would. There have been three unintentional injuries of squirrels in the yard. Let's just say Kurt had to finish them off. Now the squirrels run from Jolie rather than taunt her. She means business, that is for sure. It really was funny when she first came. The squirrels would just run up and down the trees playing with her, and then she would run after them. One time she got one, and again, didn't intend to hurt it, but let's just say there were injuries. So as I was looking at this little guy, you know, keeping Jolie away from it, I was just mulling over the risks of picking him up, and I decided I had to do it. I just couldn't imagine the little guy squished on the road, so I picked him up quickly and gently and tossed him a few feet back in the brush, and he just immediately started coming towards us, and I have to say, he did try to bite me, but he didn't break the skin. All the while, pulling Jolie away from her fuzzy. 
We returned home, and I just marveled over the precious miracle of this little guy, and I just hope that somehow Mama brings him back into his nest, and that he'll grow up, I hope he does, to dig up our bulbs in our gardens. Nature brings me and us closer to God. That is for sure. I'm actually remembering we spoke about ways to deter squirrels in episode 81, along with bulbs extending blooms. That was also a great story, wasn't it? For those of you that would like to tune in, please do. I'll put a link in the show notes. But I want to thank you for coming by, as I always appreciate our time together, and I hope you have as well. And if so, please share the podcast with a friend or two so more can join us in learning and growing in the garden of life and cherish the surprises that arise in our daily walks amongst nature, the gift of it all, and just the miracle of how plants came to be and how they have such amazing, intricate mechanisms to sustain themselves. And so do you, even during hard times, right? Anyway, thanks again for coming by. I look forward to next time on the screen porch. Have a great day. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day.